When it comes to the Eli Drinkwitz contract extension, money is not the issue. But there is a big problem here, in my opinion, and it involves the curators of this university and Desiree Reed Francois. So let's talk about that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And it seems like the Eli Drinkwitz conversation, the contract extension, still alive, at least on the internet and among Missouri fans, that's for sure. And my whole thing is on the Drinkwitz extension, it's just hard for me to get upset about a couple million bucks these days. Yes, to me and you, $2 million is a heck of a lot of money. No question about that. But for an SEC football program these days, not exactly a crippling financial commitment whatsoever. For instance, the latest SEC payout for nearly for every school was nearly $55 million. Well, and speaking of $55 million, that's actually what CBS was paying out per year for its media rights deal with the SEC. Mostly, that's just one game per week with the occasional Missouri game thrown in there at 11 a.m. But now ESPN and SEC has signed a new deal. No more on CBS. You've surely heard that. Well, that deal is now worth $300 million. Well, what does that mean? That that means that Missouri is going to get a nice chunk of that money in theory. Again, in theory, about, let's see, $250 million dollars is the difference there with that new deal. That's about another $15.5 million per school if you divide that by 16, including Oklahoma and Texas here, assuming they would even get the full share, which I'm assuming they would. So my point here is that $2 million, taking Drinkwitz from $4 million to $6 million, it's honestly a bit of a rounding error. It really is. Have you seen that big new practice facility? Money is not exactly the issue here. But here is the issue, in my opinion. And this is something I've been holding on to for about a week now. It's something that's bothered me, but I wasn't totally comfortable discussing it. But now, you know what? Gabe DeArmond has put it out there that basically this was a move more than likely done by the Missouri Board of Curators, the contract extension that is. And I actually have some good correspondence from a couple employees with the University of Missouri. So I had an inkling that this was the case even before the official reporting was out there, especially by, again, DeArmon last Friday. One person started it off by saying the Drinkwitz extension was done by the curators and isn't loved by Desiree Reed Francois or Moon Choi, of course, that being the Missouri president. Sexton being Drinkwitz agent, knows he can go rogue over their heads to the board of curators to get stuff done. 
And I'd be angry if I were Desiree Reed Francois. Well, another person was asked to chime in. Again, another Missouri employee. And this person, now you want to talk about some good hot takes here. This person brings the fire here. It's going to be fun, I promise. You guys hit the high points on the board of curators as it relates to the Drinkwitz salary contract situation. We overpaid him from the beginning because of the board of curators meddling and inability to keep their unwarranted egos in check. They doubled down with an ill-timed extension where, on most counts, it appears they were absolutely bent over. Their words, not mine. Bent over by Jimmy Sexton, who was undoubtedly bluffing with a weak hand. These rubes are apparently too stupid to understand how to negotiate from a position of strength. The saving grace in this is that the extension wasn't a complete reaming on the buyout like the Conzo Martin contract. They meddle in things they don't understand. They're mostly attorneys. Few of them with actual real-world experience at running a large, complex business or even experience serving on corporate boards. I employ anyone who has any faith in these clowns who are appointed for no other reason than cheap political favors to tune in to the next public session of the Board of Curators. They're available on live streams. You will be disabused of any notion that this collection of blowhard imbeciles has any credibility. Other than that, I think they're all pretty great. So... The the classic, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln, sign off there. I enjoyed it. But I tell you, this is I, I don't have that type of inside access that these guys do. But ever since, for, for really longer, but certainly since, at the very least, the bungled, the botched, bungled and botched, I created a new word, word there, the hiring of Drinkwitz, the original recommendation by Jim Sterk that, oh, well, Blake Anderson should be the coach, and the board of curators goes, eh-eh, come back with a better hire, which was Eli Drinkwitz, so essentially that's the board of curators hire. To me, whether you think that was the right move or not, and frankly, at the time, I did prefer Drinkwitz to Blake Anderson. I think in retrospect, that was still probably the right decision, at the same time, if that's the kind of move you're going to make, well, that just told me that Jim Sterk's job was basically over at that point. What's really concerning, though, if that weren't concerning enough, to me, you've now hired a woman named Desiree Reed Francois, who to me is doing an excellent job as the athletic director. I've said it a bunch of times, the reasons for it on this show, in this segment, that's not really that important. What is important is that no matter what you think of DRF so far, you know what she looks like, don't you? And that's because her face is out at just about every single Mizzou athletics event. She's walking around the console, sitting in the stands, kissing babies and shaking hands and all that good stuff. I promise you, if you want to get Desiree Reed Francois's ear, it's not too hard. Just go to a Missouri basketball game and she'll probably be happy to take a moment to talk to you. But who, on the other hand, who are these faceless, again, these people at the board of curators? Unless you're actually taking your afternoon to watch a live stream of a board of curators meeting, 
Who in God's name is doing that? No one. I appreciate that it's out there, and hey, maybe for the fun of it, I'll check it out just to confirm that these people really as imbecilic as I'm led to believe. But the point is, you hired Desiree Reed Francois to do a job. So far, I think she's doing a really, really good job, especially if you believe, like I do, that Dennis Gates is a good basketball hire. Well, you got to trust the people who are in charge. And right now, you always hear about alignment in college football and just in college sports in general. Josh Heupel talked about it. Alignment between the coaches, the administration, the curators, the whole university. Well, right now, it seems like the curators are out of alignment with everybody else. And frankly, who needs you all? Step back, please. Let Desiree Reed Francois do her job because I have about a hundred times more faith in her than I do in any of you people. And coming up, of course, Senior Day is upon us on the football field, but actually it's happening Saturday and not the final home football game. So let's talk about that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. And unfortunately, crime is up across the country. And this time of year, around the holidays, actually, thefts, burglaries go up, porch pirates, that stuff goes up even more. Well, fortunately, Simply Safe is here. Our listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security for 50% off their biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss out. From my personal experience, Simply Safe couldn't be easier or more effective 24 7 monitoring if you if you choose it by the way you don't even have to do monitoring it's all completely up to you but regardless it's going to be cheaper than the bigger names so don't miss your chase to save excuse me your chance to save big on the only security system i would recommend to my listeners get 50% off any new simply safe system at simply safe.com/lockedoncollege this is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And thanks as per usual for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen today. How about for your second listen? Check out Lost Locked on Sports today from the big games, the big stories. Go beyond the box score, behind the scenes with our experts at Locked On, the truly unique part of this network. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get, of course, finer podcasts. But as I alluded to before, we're actually having Senior Day on Saturday. A few reasons for that, apparently, according to Eli Drinkwitz. First of all, Drinkwitz wants to give the students as much of a chance, as many students as possible, before they go home for Thanksgiving to give the seniors a proper send-off. Of course, Drinkwitz adding that he's hopeful. Students are here for the Arkansas game as well, but of course, we know that's probably not going to be the reality. A bunch of people are going to go home early, and frankly, who can blame them? You've got a whole week off here. Why not take advantage of it? You know, the students have done a really, really good job of showing up for this football team so far, and also the basketball team so far, too. So, no shade thrown at the students whatsoever. By the way, it was nice to see last week, despite the beatdown 
by Tennessee. Hey, at least Missouri didn't have a home game on the opening of deer season for a change. I think two thumbs up there for sure in terms of scheduling. Of course, the free 2020 COVID season is going to throw a a little bit of a wrench once again into senior day. Some guys who are going through this ceremony as seniors, well, some of them might be back next year still. So I wouldn't be trying to read too much into, for instance, any player who still has some eligibility left if they go through the senior day. Well, I wouldn't read too much into that, but apparently linebacker Chad Bailey has already decided he is going to use his final year of of eligibility, that free COVID year, and return next season, which is a good news for that Missouri defense for sure. Chad's a really, really solid player. Guy who's battled injuries throughout his career. I, I wasn't 100% sure if Chad was wanting to come back or not, but obviously good news for us. Now, speaking of guys who have battled injury, obviously Hyron White has not seen the field, doesn't look like he's going to see the field at all this season at this point, that's for sure. But according to Drinkwitz, unsurprisingly, Missouri going to apply for a medical red shirt for the offensive lineman. Missouri seems pretty confident, if not hopeful, that he's going to return for 2023. So obviously, the Missouri offensive line can get can use all of the help it can get. And also, Drinkwitz at his press conference today mentioned that another thing maybe that factored in here is Missouri will have certain bowl eligibility possibly on the line against Arkansas in the final week to get to 6-6. Six and six. About that, talking about getting bowl eligible this week, he said it's all about the seniors saying, chase two rabbits and you'll catch none. Now that's a good Arkansas country saying if I've ever heard one and by the way at this point with the Eli Drinkwitz contract extension the most important part of it as I pointed out before the increased money for assistance with that amount of money it sure seems inevitable that Missouri is going to hire an offensive coordinator this offseason and I really just think that's probably the right move obviously Missouri's offense has been disappointing for at least the last two seasons. And also, it is interesting to note, as The Athletic did recently, that no head coach has won a national championship who also called the plays offensively since Jimbo Fisher at Florida State in 2013. Been nine years now. Well, Jimbo hasn't exactly been tearing it up offensively at Texas A&M himself. Now, it is fair to point out that, obviously, Lincoln Riley calls his own plays. He's he's special. He really is. Ryan Day, as well, does a really excellent job also of calling plays. So it's not as though it's impossible to be good at. But a guy like Brian Kelly, who did it at times at Notre Dame, has given up that responsibility at the very least at LSU. So I just think all of this underscores the difficulty of doing those two jobs at the same time. Because to me, it's not just as though, oh, hey, I'm the head coach. I can just call the plays too, and that'll just be another responsibility. That's not just an, an additional responsibility. To me, that is its whole separate job. So if you want two jobs, maybe you can handle it, especially if you don't have a wife and kids who expect any attention from you. Maybe you can work 18 hours a day and pull that off. I'm just not sure that most human beings 
can actually do that are wired that way and that you know obviously the no wife no kids well that's obviously not Eli Drinkwitz reality I just think it's going to be good for the whole program if this happens and again it does seem inevitable and coming up Mizzou basketball takes on Southern Illinois Edwardsville tonight so let's talk about some hoops including why for the most part, yes, I've been very positive and optimistic about this team, but it hasn't all been pretty, including a three-point defense that has basically turned every opponent into Marcus Denman circa 2012 so far. So let's get into that a little bit more. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, our title sponsor, Bet Online. Of course, the Tigers, 28-point favorites right now against New Mexico State, 18-point favorites on the hardwood against SIU Edwardsville, the 155 over-under total. Well, the boys over at Bet Online have caught on to Missouri being a high-scoring type of team so far. Compare that to Oklahoma and NC Wilmington, for instance, 155 against 128 and a half. Hey, Porter Moser's a good coach, but I'd rather see some up-tempo basketball. That's just me. But regardless of what you're into, you got to find it over at Bet Online. Whether it's basketball, football, fighting, they got you covered over at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Well, I joked about. Missouri so far making its opponents into Marcus Denman circa 2012 from beyond the arc, but really I wasn't joking all that much because Missouri's opponents on the whole have shot 41.9% from three-point land so far this season. That's good for 318th in the country, one of the absolute worst marks in all of Division I basketball so far here. Obviously a small sample size, just three games, but also not against the world's strongest opponents either. Speaking of that 2012 Missouri team, well, this has got to be probably the team with the most experience, maybe other than the, the 20 team, the 1920 team with Jeremiah Tillman, Drew Smith, and those guys. But Missouri 19th in the country in terms of actual experience, lots of juniors, and seniors, especially in the starting lineup, but only 318 in terms of minutes continuity. Well, what does that mean? Simply put, just be, we got a lot of juniors and seniors, but these guys obviously haven't played much together. Hence, at least hopefully in my opinion, this is the explanation for the really early bad three-point defense. Also, it could just be randomness too. That certainly could be part of it as well, but even though it's just been, it's certainly been statistically bad, I've watched all three of these games too. I could just say, well, they're just getting unlucky, but uh, it also matches the eye test too. Far too often, Missouri is losing shooters, is getting some, giving up some penetration and giving up kickouts to often shooters, oh, open shooters, excuse me. And I knew Missouri wouldn't be great in terms of rim protection defensively. That's not a big surprise just looking at that roster outside of Aiden Shaw. But definitely the amount of open three-pointers, just truly open three-pointers, has been a real issue so far. Again, extremely early, and indeed, there's been plenty of lineup experimentation here by Dennis Gates 
And hopefully, as that continuity continues to grow, so will the results on defense. But offensively, you know, once again, I think you have to be really pleased so far with what Missouri has done. So far, Missouri has the 27th best offense in the country after last year being 153rd. And again, Missouri playing a much more pleasing style of basketball as well. So a lot to like here by Missouri so far. But again, that defense is a bit of a concern and is actually, believe it or not, knocked Missouri down from what its projections were at the start of the season. Ken Palm rankings, Tigers started off 41st. Well, they're now 52nd, which again, not a big deal overall. It's three games in. Who really cares? Just wanted to point out that it hasn't all been sunshine and roses. So just want to be fair here and point out that, yes, that's an area that Missouri really, really has to improve. And thanks, as always, for listening to me rant and rave here on Locked on Mizzou and making it your first listen. For your next listen, check out Lost Locked on Sports. Today, the big stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. That's Locked on Sports Today, available on Odyssey YouTube and wherever you get yo podcasts. And until next time, let's talk about the SIU-Edwardsville game Next time, right here on Locked on Mizzou.